This was a cute video that was shown at our Ignite Children's Ministry a week or two ago when they learned Psalm 119 to 105 that says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And, you know, I think it's so great that the children are learning Scripture memory verses. We're going to be talking more about that in a few minutes. But first of all, I think it's important that we recognize that when we look around America today, there is no shortage of Bibles available to people. About 90% of American households own a Bible. And in fact, the average household in America actually owns four Bibles. And if you have a smartphone, you have access to the Bible anywhere you go, anytime you want it. And so we have no shortage of Bibles here in America. The question, though, is what are we doing with our Bibles? Last week I showed some statistics about how frequently evangelical Christians read the Bible. And, and keep in mind, these statistics are not just the general population. They are evangelical Christians, which is a category of Christians that generally holds the Bible in very, very high regard, has some of the highest rates of readership of the Bible out there. And you see from these stats that about half of evangelical Christians read the Bible on a fairly consistent basis. But the other half reads the Bible sporadically or rarely, if at all. And I've been encouraged over the last week to hear accounts of quite a few people here in the Freedom's family who have taken steps of just over the last week of reading the Bible, getting the Bible a little bit more into their lives than before. And you know what? I think that is so exciting. It's so exciting. And if you are new to reading the Bible for yourself, or if when you think about the Bible, you think, you know what? There's so much in here I still don't understand. I want to recommend two resources to you today. One resource is a study Bible. There are a lot of different study Bibles out there, but they all have a similar format in that on the top of each page in a study Bible is the biblical text. And then on the bottom of each page are notes that explain what is going on in those verses. And a study Bible can be an incredible resource to help us learn more about what's in Scripture. Another resource that I would like to recommend is a book that's called Self-Guided Tour of the Bible. It's by a man named Christopher Hudson. And it's, it's just, it's really a neat book that's just an easy-to-use guide for understanding Scripture. I came across it about a year ago when a couple here in the church emailed me and said, hey, we would like to start reading the Bible a little bit more and understanding it together. Do you have any resources you can recommend? And I thought, well, I'm going to use this as a chance just to research to see what else might be out there that I might not be aware of. And I came across this thing, and I thought it looked so amazing. I didn't just recommend it to them. I ordered it for myself. And you know what? I know quite a bit about the Bible already. But this is a book that was just a great resource. I mean, so many little graphs and charts and pictures and maps. And it gives a great overview of what is in Scripture. So that's a book I would commend to you as well. Now, reading the Bible is a very important practice that we can put in place in our lives to grow spiritually. But simply reading the Bible is not the end of the story. Because I, one issue that happens is that for many people, even if they are reading the Bible on a consistent basis, it becomes in the midst of a busy life, busy to-do list, just another box to check off on their to-do list. And so they are reading the Bible, they're still faithful in that, but you know what, they're not really enjoying it. They aren't doing it so much because they want to, but because, you know, they're supposed to. They, they know they should do it. It's on their to-do list to check off. And what ends up happening then is that they are simply going through the motions. And this really shouldn't surprise us that much because we can go through the motions in pretty much any part of life. 
I mean, whether it's in our job or in our marriage or our parenting or a hobby um, or exercising, just in life as, as a whole, it's so easy just to go through the motions, which means our heart is not really engaged in what we are doing, and the quality of what we are doing typically suffers as well when we're going through the motions. And so today I want to talk about a couple of different topics that can help us not go through the motions in terms of our relationship with God, especially through Scripture, but can help us to be fully engaged. And so with that in mind, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. We are in a series right now that is called Habits of Grace. And Habits of Grace, which are also called spiritual disciplines, are practices that we can implement in our lives to help us grow in our relationship with God, and especially simply grow in enjoying Him. Last week we looked at this idea that there is no spiritual discipline that is more important than the intake of God's Word. The intake of Scripture into our lives is the single most important habit of grace or spiritual discipline that we can implement. And we looked last week at the importance of reading the Bible for ourselves. And today I want to go that next step then in helping us to really internalize what we are reading and studying in Scripture. And so let me pray for us, then we're going to dig into Psalm 1. Father, thank you that you have made a way for us to know you. Because there is nothing in this universe that compares to the greatness of knowing you. So we thank you for Jesus who has opened the door through his life, death, and resurrection for us to know you. And thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself through Scripture as well. A resource to teach us and rebuke us, correct us and train us in righteousness so that we will be thoroughly equipped for everything to which you are calling us. And I pray that today, no matter what our previous exposure has been to Scripture, whether we've uh, been digging into Scripture for decades or whether it's kind of foreign to us, Lord, I pray that each of us will see, see the value of Scripture with fresh eyes and that you will inspire and motivate us to move beyond simply going through the motions with the Bible and really engaging deeply with it so that we will grow in our joy of knowing you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I invite you to follow along in your Bibles as I read Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So Psalm 1 is talking about a person who is walking closely with God. Now, I want to just walk step by step through this passage briefly to help us understand what's here. We see in verse 1 that this person does not follow ungodly influences. He's not conforming his life to the patterns of this world. Instead, we see in verse 2 that he devotes himself to God's Word. That God's Word is central to how he is walking with God. And in verse 3, as a consequence, it says that his life is fruitful. Specifically, it says he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Now, this is not saying that his life is perfect or that everything is easy. 
But one of the things it is saying is that even when he faces those difficult circumstances that are inevitable in our broken world, even in those times, he experiences a sense of peace and joy and purpose because he sees God behind it all and he's walking closely with God and he trusts God. So he is fruitful. His life is fruitful. Now verses 4 and 5 switch gears a little bit and compares his fruitful life with the life of those who are termed as wicked. It says the wicked come to nothing. Now in this context, this idea of those who are wicked is talking about people who are not following God. They're just kind of going their own way. And, And here in Psalm 1, it says that people like that their lives ultimately come to nothing because they aren't following God and they are not investing themselves in the things of eternity. And so the wicked come to nothing. And then verse 6 says that we have a choice of two paths. We can either follow the path of righteousness that leads us towards God or we can follow a different path that leads us away from God toward destruction. So that's before us two different paths. And as I look at Psalm 1, I mean, that was a nice overview, but as I look at Psalm 1, To me, verse 2 is the key of this whole thing. Verse 2 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. This is what makes the difference for this person in his life of following God, that he delights in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. And there are two words here in verse 2 that I specifically want to zoom in on. The first word is the word delight. His delight is is in the law of the Lord. The word delight is, it's a delightful word. It's a wonderful word. It's a word that kind of has a sense of happiness and a freedom of, of pure joy. There are all kinds of things that we may delight in in our lives, but here in Psalm 1 verse 2, it says that we ought to delight in this idea of, of having joy in God's word. Finding joy in God's word. And that may sound kind of funny because, you know, what you think about Scripture and reading Scripture and stuff, and it doesn't seem like that much fun or that enjoyable or that much of a delight to read Scripture. Yet that is what the psalmist is saying. So we have the question of how do we delight in God's word in this way? And the key is the second word in this verse I want to focus on. It's the word meditate. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, this idea of meditation, it's, it's, it's a pretty popular idea, actually, in our culture. I mean, you, you see the influence from New Age or, or Eastern religions um, saying, you know what, it's important to meditate. You, you see yoga frequently emphasizes meditation. Even some schools teach students to meditate. And in these different contexts, this idea of meditation is frequently the idea of emptying our minds, specifically emptying our minds of anything that troubles us so that we can experience a sense of inner peace and calm. But the biblical idea of meditation is, is really the opposite. That rather than emptying our minds, meditating biblically is filling our minds with the Word of God. And so this idea of meditation is, is filling our minds with the Word of God uh, in terms of just turning it over and over in our mind. Over and over. And, and I think of the analogy of, of a cow chewing its cud. I mean, it's kind of a, a funny thing to think about. It and I mean, even the word cud is a word that you pretty much never use. But let me explain this, because I think it is very um, illustrative of what it means to meditate on Scripture. 
Cows, they have multiple stomachs, which is kind of unique in itself. But one of the things about those stomachs, they have so many stomachs, but their stomachs are not good at digesting their food. Because their stomachs don't have enzymes in there to sufficiently digest it to help them gain the most from nutrients as possible. And so what the cow has to do is called chew the cud, which means they take a bite of food, typically grass. They chew on it for a while. Then they swallow it. And then a little bit later, they regurgitate it back into their mouths. They chew it some more. Then they swallow it. Then they regurgitate it back up. They chew it. And this goes on and on all day long. I'm going to spare us more repetitious cycles of that. But that's what happens. And in that process, they are digesting the food to benefit from its nutrients. And, and I read that, you know, cows typically, they chew the cud for about 30,000 chews every single day. Now let's apply this to meditating on Scripture. How do you think it would impact your spiritual life if you took a passage of Scripture and thought about it, turned it over in your mind, chewed on it 30,000 times a day. I mean, it sounds kind of unrealistic, doesn't it? How about if we make it more realistic? What if you take a passage of Scripture and just kind of turn it over in your mind, think about it 20 times a day? Or, or even three times a day? I would bet that would have a huge impact on how we internalize Scripture and the difference that God's Word is making in our lives. Now, with cows, if they do not chew the cud, they will get sick and they will die because their stomachs are not sufficient at, at digesting the food. Chewing the cud is essential for their digestion, and it's really the same for us, spiritually speaking. If we are not diligent to regularly meditate on Scripture, turning it over and over in our minds, looking at it from different angles, processing it, digesting it, What's going to happen is that our love for God and our joy for God is going to grow cold and even die. And this is why meditating on Scripture is so valuable. And, I mean, realistically, we meditate on things all the time. It's not work to meditate on things because, again, we're constantly doing it. Probably even during the sermon, some of you have been meditating on other things besides what I'm saying. We just do it naturally. I mean, you hear a song, and you're playing it over and over in your mind. Or you read something in an article or in a book, and you just keep thinking about it. Or maybe a sporting event, or, or something that happened at school or at work, or a conversation that you had, or a conversation that you need to have. These are all things that our minds just naturally meditate on. We naturally turn these things over and over in our minds as we are rehearsing them and processing them and strategizing about them and worrying about them and examining them from all angles. We are constantly meditating on things. Meditating on Scripture simply says that we are intentional multiple times during the course of the day to turn the focus of our minds to some part of Scripture. That is what meditating on Scripture is really about. Now let me give us a couple of tips for meditating on Scripture. And as we go to these uh, just different ideas of meditating on Scripture, I want to share a story that I think helps illustrate the power of meditating on Scripture. I think back to when I was in seminary and I worked at a landscape supply company each of the four summers of seminary. And in many ways it was a great job. I mean, it paid quite well for that type of job. 
Um, I mean, it was solid, stable employment, nice people to work with. I learned some interesting things in that job. So I was working at this landscape supply company, but it did have very long hours, and a lot of parts of this job were very monotonous. For instance, you have not lived unless you've had to put price tags on 4,000 plants in one afternoon. 4,000 plants. And these aren't just stickers you slap on the plants. These are tags you have to loop around an individual branch on each plant. 4,000 of them in one afternoon. I mean, that's kind of on the high end of the spectrum. But that was a part of my job. And, and you know what? With long hours, especially when you um, include an hour-long commute through Chicago rush hour each way, it was a long day. It sometimes got kind of boring and got kind of tiresome. And so it was important, I believe, to try to enjoy what I'm doing. And so one of the keys for me was that I would leave early for work. I'd get down to the parking lot early. Part of that was to beat rush hour, or at least beat the worst of it. But also I'd sit in my car before work started, and I would read the Bible, and I'd pray. And then near the end of that time, as I, just before I get out of the car, frequently I would write down in my prayer journal Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And not just the address, but I'd write out the verse itself that says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Because you know you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so I'd write that out. And then through the course of the day, I would meditate on that verse as I'm working. And it's amazing how much of a difference that made as I meditated on that verse specifically as well as other Bible verses because I'd be thinking, you know what? As I'm out here doing this work, maybe no one else sees even what I'm doing. But I want to do it with all my heart because ultimately I'm working for God and not for my immediate supervisors who may or may not see what I'm doing. I mean, it gave me a sense of joy of being able to walk with God on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis as I'm working. It gave a, a purpose to what I was doing because I thought, you know what? I can glorify God even as I am putting tags on plants or moving plants around or unloading trucks or talking to customers. That's the power of meditating on Scripture. It it makes a practical difference in our day-to-day lives. So let me again give us some tips for meditating on Scripture. One tip is that as you're reading the Bible, just pick a verse that grabs your attention. Just, Just Pick out a verse that that sticks out to you or or is teaching you something or you have a question about it. And then take that verse and write it down. And then look at that verse from different angles and and write down your thoughts and your your prayers associated with that verse. For me, when I read Scripture, I always have a notebook next to me so that I can do this very thing. Write down a verse that sticks out to me and then just write down my thoughts about it. And maybe um, just on different angles of meditating on the verse, maybe it's looking up cross-references, other passages of the Scripture that relate to it. Maybe it's reading the study notes in the Bible associated with that verse. Maybe it is looking at, uh, at that verse just word by word, looking at the importance of each word, each phrase in that verse. Maybe it's praying that God will help you to apply that verse to your life. There are so many different aspects of meditating on Scripture, but the really cool thing about this is that it helps us really value what we are reading and really internalize it. I'm going to share uh, something that happens to me sometimes. Maybe it happens to you too. You ever have those times where you're reading the Bible? You read maybe a chapter or two or three, then you close your Bible, and then you realize you have no idea what you just read. Does that happen to anyone else, or is it just me? Sounds like it's pretty universal if you read the Bible. 
It's so easy to do that where you know, okay, I saw it pretty much every word on that page. But my mind is blank when it comes to actually remembering what I just read. And one of the beauties of meditating on specific passages of Scripture or specific verses is that it prevents us from closing that Bible and having no idea what we read. Because this intentionality of meditating on Scripture forces us to pick out a verse that, that sticks out to us and focus in on that a little bit more. And that helps us be able to internalize it and value it. That process helps us truly be able to enjoy God through His Word. And so I want to encourage us to make the most of this opportunity we have to, to read God's Word and to really meditate on it. And this can make a practical difference in our lives. There's an old saying that goes something like this. It says, they usually thrive best who meditate most. They usually thrive best who meditates most. So the person who, who, who meditates on Scripture frequently, they put themselves in the best position possible to thrive spiritually in other parts of their lives. That's why the psalmist says in verse 3 that he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Let me give you a, an analogy that I think helps illustrate the power of meditating on Scripture. Imagine with me, you don't have to imagine that much, a cup of hot water and a tea bag. And in this analogy, this cup represents our mind and the tea bag represents Scripture that we want to get into our lives. Imagine here that, that um, you dip this tea bag in here once and that represents listening to the teaching or preaching of Scripture, whether it's in a sermon or in a class, that's kind of like dipping the tea bag in there once. And if you dip a tea bag in there one time, it is going to influence that water some. The water will start to take on a little bit of the taste of the tea. But the impact will be limited at best. And then when you read Scripture, it's like dipping the tea bag in there again. And the more you read Scripture, the more that tea bag gets dipped in there. And as you do that, the water starts to take on a little bit more of the taste and color of the tea. But meditating on Scripture is not merely dipping the tea bag in there. Meditating is putting the bag in there and letting it sit, letting it soak. I think the technical term is letting it steep, where the tea permeates the water. And so the water is, is changed completely in flavor and look. And that is what happens when we meditate on Scripture, that then God's Word gets inside of us and starts transforming us from the inside out. You know, reading Scripture and listening to Scripture, these are great things. But meditating on Scripture helps to transform us from the inside out. And this is the goal. In Romans 12, verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? Spiritually speaking, we do it by meditating on Scripture, by getting Scripture into our lives. Now, I want to point out also one other habit of grace, one other spiritual discipline that's very closely associated with meditating on Scripture that can help us internalize Scripture even further, and that is memorizing God's Word memorizing Scripture. And some of you at this point have thought, okay, Brandon, you're, you're kind of pushing us a little bit on this idea of reading Scripture, and you're, you're pushing us a little bit farther on this idea of meditating on Scripture, and now you've just gone off the deep end. 
Because, because memorizing scripture, no, 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 that's not for me. Now, let's despiritualize this for a minute. Think about football players. If you're a football player, you are required to memorize the playbook. Because you cannot function well on the field if you do not memorize that playbook. Because in the 10 or 20 seconds between when the play is called and when the play is run, a player does not have the chance to run over to the sideline, find his playbook, open it up, figure out what play he's running, and then run back in and run in the play. You don't have that sort of time. Every football player must memorize the playbook. They must learn it by heart. And I think this is relevant for us because I hear some people say, well, I'm just not good at memorizing things. And it's true. Some people are better at memorizing than others. I will say that memorization also is kind of like a muscle that we can develop over time. But, you know, some people aren't as good at memorizing as others. But I look again at football players. Football players have a wide variety of intellectual capacities. I imagine that there are some football players who memorize much easier than others. But every football player you see out there on the field has memorized the playbook because it is important to them. They are not going to function well in the field without that playbook internalized in their mind and heart. And I think it's the same for Christians. That if we truly want to enjoy God and grow in our relationship with him and know how to live in this world as God's people, it's appropriate to internalize God's playbook in terms of Scripture. I'm not saying memorize the whole thing, but at least a handful of relevant verses would help. So let me give us a couple of practical tips for memorizing Scripture verses. One is to determine a method that you're going to use for memorizing Scripture. There are all kinds of methods out there. Uh, Let me just point out a couple. One method, a nice simple one, is just to choose a verse you want to memorize and write it on a note card. And then put that note card in a place where you'll see it on a regular basis. Maybe your bathroom mirror, maybe the dashboard of your car, maybe on your kitchen table. Maybe, maybe rather than writing on a note card, you want to put it on your phone's home screen. So every time you turn on your phone, it's right there. Put it someplace where you'll see it multiple times a week. And when you see it, repeat it in your mind or even out loud. And if you do that a good handful of times over the course of the week, which is just a few seconds here and there, you will have that verse memorized in a week or less. And then, you know, maybe the next week, write out another verse. Do it again with another one. It's a simple format. I mean, it requires some discipline. But most things in life require some intentionality and discipline. Let me give you another method that is a little bit more rigorous, but I found it to be very beneficial in my life. It actually uses a little sheet of paper that has some boxes and stuff. And what it is is, is, a, is a system of Scripture memory that has you quoting the verse every day, once a day, for seven weeks, then once a week for seven months. It, it requires more discipline and diligence. Uh, there's actually, like I said, a little worksheet that you can check off boxes each day. Um, but the really cool thing is if you go through that process— you will get those scripture verses cemented in your mind. And this is a process that was introduced to me um, before I went to seminary. Some people think, well, Brandon, you're a pastor. Of course you know a lot of scripture because you went to seminary for that. I was memorizing scripture before I went to seminary, and my memorization of scripture doesn't have anything directly to do with seminary or even being a pastor. But, I mean, these are examples 
of the papers that I have used through the years for memorizing Scripture. Each one of these lines represents a verse I've memorized, and those X's are just different days. But I was just reciting the verses, and that's a way to really cement these verses in your mind. So those are two different methods you can use. If you want to, to look at that worksheet um, that has the boxes you can check for once a day for seven weeks, once a week for seven months, there are copies of it out at the Welcome Center, or there will also be copies on our website on the sermons page later this afternoon. So it's important to figure out a method you're going to use for memorizing Scripture and then determine what verses you're going to memorize. And really, you could choose whatever verse you want. Um, but if you'd like a little assistance on that, we heard earlier this morning in the children's message about our Ignite students on Wednesday night children's ministry memorizing Bible verses. They've memorized nine so far, and through the course of the school year, they will memorize 21 verses. That's really cool, isn't it? I mean, to me, it's just amazing and setting them off in a great direction in their lives. And these verses were specifically chosen to be a wide variety, but, but foundational verses in our walk with God. And if you'd like a, a list of the verses, the Ignite students are memorizing all 21 of them this year. The list is right out at the Welcome Center, or again, this will be online on our sermons page as well this afternoon. But it could provide you some guidance of, of great verses to memorize. And again, memorizing Scripture and meditating on Scripture are two ways to really help us to grow as followers of Jesus who internalize God's Word in our lives. And this is important. I mean, I think back to Romans 12, verse 2, that, that we should not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So God wants us to be transformed from the inside out. And then the verse goes on to say, so that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so this is the purpose of having this transformed mind through Scripture, so that we will be able to understand and to live out God's will in our lives. Many people are wondering, what is God's will for my life? Well, a huge part of it is contained right here in Scripture. And, and so... so as I said, this is an incredibly important thing that's very practical because as we look at our lives, and when you really think about it, the vast majority of our lives are lived spontaneously. And what I mean is this. When you look at the daily decisions that we make in individual conversations and in decisions that we have to make, just moment, momentary decisions, we don't have time to call a timeout and to think through, okay, that person just cut me off in traffic. What should I do now? What should come out of my mouth? What should I do with my foot in the accelerator? What should I do? You just react. And it's that way in most parts of our life that we react to the circumstance in terms of what's coming out of our mouth and what our actions are showing. And what is coming out externally is based in large part on what's going on internally. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. This points to the importance of being transformed from the inside out. Because if we have been transformed from the inside out, in terms of having God's word internalized in us, and us being shaped more into people who love God and enjoy God and know how to glorify him, know his will for how we react even in hard situations, then we will instinctively and spontaneously respond with our words and actions and attitudes in ways to honor him and bless other people. You know what? Wisdom and trusting God in terms of faith and, and joy in the Lord, this is like a muscle 
that needs to be developed over time. I mean, you know, applying a key verse here and there can be helpful, but it's much better to focus on this idea of training for godliness that Paul talks about in 1 Timothy 4, which we talked about a few weeks ago. This idea of getting in the spiritual gymnasium through these habits of grace, these, these practical spiritual disciplines that can help us to, to really become transformed people from the inside out who, who have internalized God's word so that we can enjoy him all the time that we can glorify him consistently in our day-to-day lives, and that we can be a blessing to others. But remember, there is no spiritual discipline that's more important than the intake of God's word. So I pray that we will be men and women who take this seriously and put in that discipline, get in the spiritual gymnasium to read and to meditate on and to memorize scripture so that we will be transformed. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you are so gracious to us, gracious to welcome us to be your children, gracious to reveal yourself to us through Jesus and through Scripture. And I pray, Lord, that we will be men and women who cherish Scripture, who delight ourselves in your Word and delight ourselves in meditating on Scripture and on putting it into practice in our lives. Lord, it's so easy to go through the motions in life. Even the best parts of life, we can easily just have our hearts disengaged. We're doing what we should do, but... Our heart's not in it. Lord, please engage our hearts with you. I pray that, that we will not just believe the right things, but that we will live the right things and that we will enjoy following you. So Lord, please do a transforming work in our lives and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.